0: Lance, the von Erich family is legendary he was kind of a bully chance they were afraid i would go to wwf so they kind of on television it that i wasn't a real von eric find out what lance talked about in his book you know how many people that i've worked with that are, are dead especially with world class many 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 people took steroids on top of the other drugs Chris Adams headbutted the, the co-pilot. And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I used to run guns from the states to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance, Lance by Chance, Chance wrestling as a Lance Get your book today at LanceBychance.com or on Amazon.
1: Hey Wrestle fans, this is Solomon Grundy. You're listening to WrestleVille podcast with Vince Berry.
2: You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest this episode, and again, is Solomon Grundy. How you doing? How you doing, oh, sir? Great,
1: man. How are you doing?
2: Good, good. Hey, we've had you on uh, the uh, show once before, got a great response from having you on, and wow. uh, And ever since me and you've been chatting, so it's it's good to have you back. What's going on? What's happening? Oh
1: man, I'm just I was here uh today. Well, just hanging out. I'm I'm getting ready to go uh uh do a show in Dallas. Uh got invited. It's a lucha show, of course. Uh but uh I'm going up to Dallas to sell some T shirts and pictures and uh see some old friends uh see uh uh Dos Cotas and he's the uh father of oh what's his name oh my god uh lost my train of thought anyway uh his kid was in the wwf then uh mathematical rudy mathematical and uh some other guys uh that i hadn't seen in 30 years probably it's
2: kind of like a lucha con so you're going you're going to this Lucha show, but you know that that the thing is is that those were the guys that you ran with in your career wrestling with those guys and wrestling in Mexico. Uh, uh, so you know when you, when in in you were here born in the United States, right? You you yeah that was,
1: yeah born in born in Lubbock, Texas, in Funk Country.
2: Yeah, and there you go. That's right. Yeah.
1: Grew up at uh in Lubbock, uh went to the uh Fair Park Coliseum in Lubbock, Texas and uh watched that's where they used to hold wrestling. Uh you know, see Harley Race, Terry Funk, Dory font, uh Dick Murdoch, uh Dusty Rhodes when he was you know, uh all those guys now.
2: Used to come through there. Me and you were having an interesting conversation. Uh, I live in uh, South Texas and I was telling you that I was talking to a friend of mine and he was looking at my podcast and he had seen you uh, on my on my podcast and he was taken back that I had talking to you and I was kind of taken back that you were the one that he's owned in on, right? Because here in the States, uh you didn't have a, a huge run. You had a bigger run in Mexico, but with well, him living on the border – he, he probably got mixed, a lot of Mexican television, so. His
1: parents probably watched Lucha Libre, they, they wouldn't watch American style. You know, they were more interested in, uh, Neil Mascaras, The Brothers, Dos Caras, Pico Delico, uh, you know, all that, all that, uh, you're on the frontera, as they say, on the border. Uh, so, you know, it crossed over. So, you know, most of them would rather go to a lucha show than go to an American
2: show. You know, you and I talked about this a little bit, Solomon, that you, wrestling over here in the United States, then having the opportunity to wrestle in Mexico, you kind of you kind of stuck out like a sore thumb, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you were hard to miss, right?
1: Yeah, I was hard to... Yeah. Yeah, I was and, hard to miss because i in the 1990s they only had Volkswagens uh as taxis over there so when i got in the back seat i took up the whole back seat right you know right. I, I was so i was so heavy and you know big i mean it, you couldn't miss me you know they i mean if i walked down the street it was it was a it was a problem you know so i mean you know uh I had to buy a, a seat and a half on an airplane, uh, two bus tickets. You know, I mean, I, I stood out, you know, I, I wasn't as tall as Andre, but you know, my, my weight was right. I was as heavy, but yeah, the people, you know, because the people are smaller over there. So, you know, somebody my size. You know, I, I was, I was twice as big as they were. Most 80% of the country.
2: It, it was great. I enjoyed it. Remind me again, what was the length of your career? I know you wrestled about eight years over there, but what was the, the total did, length of your I did 15 years altogether. What do you think? You know, cause there's a lot of people coming into the business now and, uh, what, what do you think that, some of the things are what are the most important things if you're going to uh dedicate your life to a career of professional wrestling? What are some of the things that you know the new people coming in the business need to know or need to you know learn how to
1: work old school, man. These these kids don't they're these kids are gonna break their knees and all that crap i i've watched a few times i can't watch it There's there's just there's no rhyme nor reason or for me i mean because i was i, I guess because i was trained to tell a story old school lead the people up to you know they just start off with spots there's, i mean it's just boom 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 boom, boom. and there's no heavyweights anymore hardly It's, it's, it's all, uh, middleweights and they're flying around and, you know, uh, you know, uh, what, what gets me is they used to hate lucha, lucha, but yet now they're all doing lucha. They're all doing topies outside and topies from, uh, the top rope outside and, uh, you know, all these carcan ranas and, all this stuff man it, it's just you know and and they if they don't learn it right they're gonna break their neck i i'm i, I was just wondering i would like to know how many injuries there have been uh since they started you know the all these middleweights doing all this crazy stuff man. it would be interesting to see
2: well you know I've I've talked to a lot of old school wrestlers and, you know, there was some you know, I've I've talked to some wrestlers, uh, you know, I had a wrestler tell me one time that, you know, yes, he he had been hurt, you know, in the ring, you know, hurt but never injured, right? Oh. And yeah, this is a guy who had a very, very, very long career and even wrestled past the point where he probably sent have you know. And yeah. uh but, you know, that says a lot. And, and to me, that says that, well, he knows how to work, right? I mean, don't, the whole idea is to make it look like you're killing the guy you're in the ring with without really killing him. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause, you know, McMahon let that, but, but there's, <clears throat> there's some old timers, man. If they would have tried that crap with them, that'd have been the last time, you know, uh, for instance, uh, Harley Race or Bruiser Brody or, uh, you know, one of those guys like that, Dick Slater, Murdoch. Oh my God. They would have got the crap beat out of them all.
2: You mentioned uh, a lot of names right there. You know, Harley Race, Bruiser Brody, Dick Slater. You know, just, just to take those three guys, you know, when you think about them, what do you think about when it comes to pro wrestling? Like what they brought to the table. Oh
1: gosh, man. Those guys, uh, professionalism, uh, uh, you name it, man. Just, uh, just knew how to work, knew how to get over, knew how to get you over. Just the whole, you know, trained right and could do anything, you know, so much, you know, uh, when you walked into the dressing room with those guys and shake their hand and, and if you didn't, you know, you, you might get asked to leave or they might just, you know, throw you out of the dressing room. You know, they, they demanded respect because they're the ones that cut the roads for the rest of us, you know, and when I was in, I didn't know this as a kid, but later, uh, the office guy that we had in Mexico City, was named Adolfo Banalis and he worked for the Funks in the 50s and 60s and some in the 70s. But did you know on Sundays afternoon in Amarillo, Texas in a barn, old man Funk, not, I'm talking about Dory Sr. had the guys the town would get together, go to the barn, and they would tell the guys, the public, anybody yeah. think they can beat a wrestler, get in the ring. And they would have, you know, these call-outs. And, and uh well, now I said, you know, Dory would tell me, get in the ring and stretch that guy, you know. Uh, and they, they'd beat the hell out of the guys, you know. Uh, the public because once they get in the ring, you know, they're a fair game, you know? Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, every Sunday, you know, Dory would have those little meetings at the barn and uh, anybody that wanted to come and challenge one of the boys. could.
2: Yeah. And you were pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, basically allowing them to do whatever they wanted to do. Right. I mean, the, all yeah. bets were off. <laughs> all
1: bets, all bets were off, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It it was, it was all bets off. And, you know, I mean, not very many people know about that, but, uh, Bonales, the old man in the office, was the only guy that spoke office in the, uh, uh, English, uh, when I got there, uh, besides the owner. And the rest of the time, you know, uh, didn't go with me on the road. So the rest of the time I was on my own, you know, uh, for quite a, uh, probably a year, you know, trying to figure out everything. But, uh, yeah, you were on your own, man. But those guys, those guys had to be, you know, those guys had to be tough. SODs, you know, uh, back then, man, it, that's why they had to, cauliflower ears and uh you know broke knuckles and you know uh, like Harley race had a steel bar in his arm, and uh you know he'd knock you out with that arm
2: right right which him? which he which he got in the car accident,
1: yeah, which he got in the car accident but but that didn't stop him from using it later on
2: right i I've uh, heard that I've heard yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he, but I, I mean, well, you know, Slater, Dick Slater was a legitimate tough guy, man. I mean, uh, you didn't mess around with Slater, man, because he, he liked you up too, you know, he didn't like you. You, uh, you know
2: what? I'd like to talk to, about him for a little bit, if you could, because, I mean, Bruce Brody's name comes up. A lot of people talk about him on my podcast. Harley Ray's names, uh, his name comes up quite a bit. Dick Slater doesn't come up a lot. I mean, uh, only thing, I mean, I just,
1: you know, I, I just heard he's a legitimate tough guy. I worked with him, uh, twice, him and Murdoch when they, they were doing, uh, I forgot the name of their, what they called themselves. Uh, I worked with them in Corpus, me and Dusty Road, uh, Dusty, uh, Dusty Wolf. They were great with me, man, but, but, But I listened, you know, try to do stupid stuff or, you know, those guys, hey, just listen. They didn't even, you know, nothing was said in the back room. uh, And I knew better than to say, hey, what are we doing tonight? No, not with those guys. They would have stretched you into a pretzel if you would have asked. You know, these guys that want to call 75 spots in the back. Oh my God. It's crazy. Uh, but, but Slater, you know, uh, I just heard, you know, nobody messed with him, man. Uh, uh, people tried him, but they, they, uh, found out wrong guy, you know, cause he, he would light you up, man. Right,
2: uh, right, yeah, I've heard that that he was a legitimate tough guy, you know. And I mean,
1: I I didn't ever get to travel with him or anything like that, you know. Uh, actually, I uh, I really never traveled with anybody here. Uh, I I always uh, got to the town by myself. People there. Well, I did travel with uh, Vince Apollo. Do you know who that is?
2: I, I do. I,
1: I, I he was in Dallas, um, yes. What, the late I
2: 80s? I get, I,
1: we're still very good friends. We, we traveled to, uh, we did the Kansas City run with, uh, Missing Link and, uh, Victory was there and, you know, Terry would come in and out. And it was, uh, uh, the Bob Geigel territory and we worked all those state fairs, Iowa and Illinois and it was good. I, I enjoyed it. You know, like one time we you know those farmers are funny man. They were like we were at a gas station. They well they were we pulled into a gas station. So I said I'll pump the gas. So he's walking up there and there's two old farmers sitting on the on the porch and the old farmer says hey hey son i want to ask you something how in the hell do you get that guy in your car and vince looked at him and says i grease the sides and throw in a 20 and he slides right in I, i saw the guys laughing and I'm like, What 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 happened, man? And he said, Yeah, they asked me how you got in the car and I told him I greeted the sides and throw in a twinkie and you slide right in. He said, I thought the guy was gonna fall off the porch, man. I said, No oh my god. You know, I mean just crazy stuff like that, you know. I didn't as I used to tell Vince, you you pick up the girls so we don't have to buy a hotel. And I'll do the laundry dude. So that's that was that was our agreement, man. He got the girls and the place for the night and I did the all our laundry. I I fluffed and ducked and he he uh he stuffed. So that's that's how we did that, man. So we made a good team, man. When you're living on
2: nothing, man, you gotta cut corners, dude. Sure. We were talking about what young guys need to know and need to, you know, kind of consider coming into the business. But, you know, today, what's different about wrestling today, as from the time that you were in, is the social media, right? And the ability to market yourself. How, what a, what an, yeah, what a leg up the kids got today, right? Well, I wish
1: we would have had social media. Or even just a telephone. Just the, just Facebook. I mean, I, I'd be on there publishing my stuff 24 hours a day. You know, if like you yourself, you have this podcast, a great media source, right? So, uh, I, I would, I would, uh, you know, like you do, you said your good friend, uh, up there. Hey, I'm going to tell you, Hook me up with that, you know. Uh, why would somebody not come on your podcast? I, I would do every podcast. I've done podcasts in Japan, Australia, uh, Germany. Uh, if they call me, I do them. I do them Spanish, English. You know, that was a, another good source. Uh, I learned Spanish while I was there. So, so I can do English and Spanish podcasts, you know uh but why somebody would turn down free advertisement i don't know i don't do you have people that turn you down
2: uh i have people that i reach out to that that i know that they're getting my messages but they're not replying to me and then i've had some people that have said hey thank you very much for responding but i'm not doing interviews right now you know why i i don't well, get that Well, that's the million dollar question, Solomon. If I knew I'd have them on my podcast.
1: Man, I mean, you're 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 trying to get yourself booked because there's no I mean, there's only two legitimate places. You can go now, right? AEW and WWE. And, you know, there's some independent. uh, But uh, you should be advertising yourself marketing yourself and getting yourself out there i mean what a great tool you know uh you never know who's listening to these i mean it could be 10 people and the ninth person on there could be
2: some promoter or some you know whatever And, Uh, and and take this in consideration last year i was downloaded in 55 countries Fifty-five countries. Fifty-five wow. countries, yeah. Russia, there was somebody listening to me almost every day in China. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but yeah. I was getting downloads almost on a daily basis from China, and I had uh, a lot of people in the U.K., a lot of people in Africa. It was really interesting to see uh, the hits yeah. I was getting. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, I went to South Africa. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I went to Johannesburg, uh, Durban, uh, with, uh, Tony Atlas, Dusty Wolf, uh, uh, that's when, uh, Lance Von Eric was there. Right. Uh, Now, you would not believe, uh, you know, the part I had just ended and I was there, I was there with Tony Atlas and, we went to uh johannesburg and do you know like i'd be standing on the corner and the people would look over and see me and they'd lock their doors you know oh wow yeah i i guess my size you know or whatever but uh i never thought i would see in uh that town those white people cheering for tony atlas like
2: they were right because when when you think back of the um the segregation and the racism in in that country right. at that period of time, it was unlike you know i mean of course yeah. there's racism in the United States, but un, at that time not even close right it was no not, no, not even no and there, two two different a- worlds.
1: Two different worlds and i mean you know the n-word over there they use a different word for it but uh you know we got picked up at the airport and a guy told a guy like the n-word get those bags and put them into my van you know i'm like oh my god you know you wouldn't do that in the states bro i'll guarantee you that uh so that's why it was a, such a shock to me that, uh, cause the, the whole audience was white. And right. they loved Tony Atlas you know? They loved him. They were cheering his name like, like he was white. It was the darndest thing. I, I, I'm like, are they really prejudiced or they just hate their own people, you know? Cause really, yeah you think about it they're really the outsiders there you know over there yeah yeah they're actually transplants from england right that's right you know you know they're really you know they i mean they speak african but they're really transplants from england you know
2: but, yeah because uh, it was a an english colony right or british yeah, colony
1: yeah yeah, it was a British colony there, man. Was, uh Yeah, I mean it was a good place. The, the ocean is beautiful there and all that, you know. And the 21 uh nude beaches uh were great. And the food was great. And,
2: I mean, you could get a
1: you could get a large T-bone, baked potato and salad for 10 bucks.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's that's what the guys have told me. Yeah, it was I, I'm like, what you know, I on the menu it says large, uh or uh uh small, large, extra large. Of course I got the extra large T bone. And I'm like, what is taking this thing? It it looks like one of those brontosaurus that they come out on flint with. I mean, that thing was huge. I couldn't even finish it it was so big i'm like lord wow. yeah 10 bucks i'm like wow that is so cheap man you know getting back to advertising your own self man uh with with all the material or all the uh things you have nowadays wow i i can't <laughs> believe
2: somebody would even turn you down if, if that's well when, when you yeah, when you think about it on social media, you know, like a business is going to buy a commercial. I I know what commercials run because I've worked in the television business. So, you know, right. it, it's astronomical, right? Social media right. is free. So you can get your you get your name out for free when you're talking about, you know, a 30 second ad, you could run you anywhere from 500 to $2,500. And and that's just on like a local news, right? That's like right. on. We're not we're you know like if you're running at five o'clock news, we're not talking about like a Super Bowl or national advertising. Oh, no. So if you can get on social media and get someone who's willing to put your name out, yeah, it makes no sense years. why somebody wouldn't do that. And and like twenty minutes. Uh, twenty minutes. minutes. And yeah. and. You know, what's interesting about you is you've been out of the business for a while, but here you say that you take these podcasts from all over the world. You, you're done wrestling. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, you, I,
2: you still jump at the opportunity. Why, why is it that you still jump at the opportunity to do a podcast?
1: Cause I, like I say, I, you never know who's listening. Like, like, uh, anybody could be listening and say, Hey, I'm going to call that guy. I mean, even though I didn't work, you know, you're close to the border. So you're going to get more, um, well, like you say, you 55 countries, who knows who's listening and you can get invited anywhere, you know, uh, just to, just to, Hey, uh, but my problem is I'm not the size I was back then, so right, like, uh, so people don't really like when I go back to Mexico. I can walk around like a normal tourist because nobody recognizes me. Uh, but, but if I started doing those shows, you know, like those lucha cons over there. And taking my stuff and taking my, my poster that I have with my size on there. Like in Vegas, I took my poster, I hung it up and somebody walked up to the table and they're looking and looking. I go, can I help you? And they say, yeah, we're waiting for Solomon Grundy. And I said, that's me. And they're like, no, no, we're, we're waiting for the, the fat guy, you know, the, Gordito, we're waiting for him. I'm like, that's me. I lost all the weight. And they're like, no, you
2: know. Hey, what did you tell me last time? You lost what? Two humans and a midget. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: I lost lost two people and a midget somewhere. Uh, Yeah, you know, like uh, I did that little, uh, when Santo came, I went and signed. Some autographs with some people and the guy drove three hours from uh Fort Hood to uh San Antonio just because he had posters of me to sign. He said, wow. I can't be- I can't believe you're here. I can't I can't believe it. I drove three hours for you to sign this stuff. Buzz, bring me everything you got. How much are you gonna charge me? I'm not gonna charge you nothing. Bring it, I'll sign it. If you got wow. it, I'll sign it. You drove that far? How could you charge somebody? <laughs> I, I came just to see you, man.
2: Yeah. Wow. I could that. I could not
1: believe. I'm, I I thought you were dead. They told me you were dead.
2: What What a compliment, right, Solomon?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I I was in shock, man. I was like, you drove three hours for me to sign posters. Yeah. I've had them since, uh, 1991. Wow. I'm like, wow. I never thought you'd be in the States again. And then I, they told me you were dead. I don't know how many times I've heard that, that, uh, I heard you died.
2: <clears throat>
1: I had that recently, you know, the uh, uh, this guy called me uh he went to the thing the black Bart thing and uh he told the girl that was running it, How come you didn't have Solomon Rummy come in? And she said, Well he died. And he said, No, he didn't. He I can call him right now. Facebook time, you know? FaceTime or whatever it's called. And she said, No, he they called me Johnny Mantell told me that uh He passed away. And he said, no, he's alive. You should have invited him. I don't have his number. Well, let me call him so we get a FaceTime. Hello, I'm here.
2: Oh, they Hmm. told me you
1: passed away. You know, I'm like, oh, Jesus, not that again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's all these rumors fly around and you know, instead of really checking it out, like you say, pound until you find it. Uh you know, that's just the way it goes, but you know, anyway. But uh yeah, it's it's just uh that's incredible though. I I'm trying to get over the fifty five countries. Who would be listening to you in China? The government?
2: You know? I hope so.
1: Yeah, hey, I
2: hope
1: damn Tommy yeah. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> wow. Probably some Americans stuck over there. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Could, could be, man. Uh, yeah, but I, sure? I get
2: I I get a kick out of it looking, you know, going through the list and then seeing how many heads are in this country. I, I get fascinated. I tell my wife, you know, like, somebody listened to me in Singapore. Or somebody listened to me in New Zealand. You know, it's like, wow. It,
1: it's oh. just Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is. But, you know, Singapore the, used to be a good wrestling place. Yeah. 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 They used to have tours there all the time. Uh, Singapore and, and, uh, you know, when the sheepers were here, I think they were going to take guys to New Zealand, uh, to work and stuff. Uh, but, uh, I don't know if it ever happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's just, man, I really enjoy, I enjoy, you know, even though I've been out, I really enjoy doing the podcast, you know. I think it's neat. I I think, you know, everybody should do them and I try to do it, you know, if people call me to do them, I do them, you know. I, I have one in Spanish I can do, uh, uh, tomorrow, so you know i did a i did one uh the day after i did yours i did a one one in spanish that's coming out sunday uh and then i'll do another one uh sunday so uh you know i and the one i did in japan was for a girl i worked with in the 90s she married a japanese guy and she did she did it in spanish so, you know, yeah, so, uh, you know, and that's the other thing about, uh, working in other, other countries that are, uh, non-English speaking. You can learn the language, uh, you know, so, you know, it's, it's beneficial, beneficial to, uh, you know, travel. It, it's important, these guys that just want to hang around, uh, these new guys that are coming into business. If you can go to another country and work, you know, like everybody told me, oh, don't go to Mexico. There's no money there. It's too dangerous. It's this, it's that. But yet, once I got over there, I started working. Hey, can you give me books? I thought you didn't want to come over here.
0: No, no, we'll
1: go to, we'll go to Monterey, uh, you know, okay, let me see what I can do, you know, uh, so that's, that's how they are. They want, they want you to go first, take the chance or something, but I never had a bad experience over there with getting my money, unlike here, unlike here with, uh, Bob Geigel, uh, you know, some of the other, uh, promoters, you know, getting your money are, are saying, well, you know, you're not booked too much this month. Uh,
2: did, uh, did you, did you have troubles with Bob Geigel?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You know, Uh,
2: his, his, his name runs pretty, pretty strong in pro wrestling you know it's kind of that's the first I've heard that
1: oh my god he yeah that yeah we had me and Vince uh, had had we had actually you know had to go in the office and say are you gonna you know Vince told him Bob you know how much money we got and Bob says no he says enough to get to Dallas so, you know, we had, he had like two weeks of workbook and we, I was the main event cause I was working uh for the championship belt all through Iowa and all that. Right. They didn't have another big guy to work. Uh, so, you know, we went in there and said, Bob, you know how much money we got? No, enough to get to Dallas. So either you pay us or we're out of here. So, you know, here's the thing uh, was told to us by Ken Mantel. Hey, you guys go to Kansas City. We're opening an office there. We're going to pay you $300 a week. Guaranteed. And uh, don't worry about anything. Frank Dusick will bring your checks down uh, every week when he brings Kerry or Kevin or, you know, Kabbalah or whoever he is going to bring in to run uh, Kansas City. So I was there two weeks, and Frank Dusick never showed up. So the third week, Now, Bob ain't paying us because Bob said, Bob says, no, the office, uh, Dallas is paying you. So now you're stuck in Kansas City with no money, right? So I knew the Freebirds were coming in and Dusik was coming in with them. So I. To the airport. And when they got off the plane, I was there to meet Frank Goosey. But he thought the birds were going to cover for him, protect him, in other words. And I told Frank, You better have my check in your little, uh, you know, carry on. And he was calling the freebirds, Terry, Michael, buddy. And they said, Oh, leave us out of it, Frank. We don't know anything about that. And I said, you're not moving. till you pull a check out of your, your butt or your briefcase. I Did you get the money? I know, but he pulled out 300 cash and I said, that nope. ain't going to cover it. I've been here three weeks. That's 900. I don't, I don't have that. You'll have to wait till I get to the office of Bob. I go, Bob don't have it. He said, y'all are paying it and I want my money now. I said, I don't care. You better get on the phone, get you some nickels, quarters, dimes and call somebody to write me. I know you got checks in that because you have to uh, give them to after pay, after working. I know you have to pay Kevin or somebody to cash a check because they never have enough money for the for the stuff, you know. Uh, so he he uh, he got on the phone, man. Cause he but he kept calling the freebirds like they were going to cover for him, and they wouldn't cover for him, man.
0: They're Interesting.
1: Like, oh, we ain't we ain't getting in that, man. You got you got this guy's five hundred pounds. He's than the wet wind. Uh, he, we he, yeah, uh, playing with that, you know, They just walked it, man. Right. They left, him, they left him at the airport with me,
2: you no. Know? So, uh
1: yeah, and I had to do that. I had to do that twice, dude. You know. Wow. Uh Yeah, it it was horrible, man. And, but you know, I got, you know, Mexico told me buy your own ticket, get here. And we'll we'll reimburse you i'm like oh my god i've heard that before uh so i i took the, the only reason i took the chance because i knew i had a friend there in guadalajara and i had money to get back home if that didn't work out so when we got to guadalajara as soon as we got there we went to the office they paid me they bought my ticket to mexico city They gave me money uh, because they asked me, do you got money for the week? No. Okay, here's, you know, $300. Okay, take it out of my post check. No, that's on us.
2: Mm. Wow. Well, let let me ask you this, Solomon. When you think back over your career, you know, the 15 years that you wrestled, I mean, how could you – Well, you know, how would you sum it up? I mean, what what did your career mean to you?
1: If I wouldn't have went to Mexico, it would have been a miserable but career. I don't know what would have happened, but because I went over there, it was the best. The '90s were the best times of my life. The I could I couldn't dream it up better. I met a lot of new people. I met a lot of great people. Uh, some of them are no longer here. I met, uh, you know, uh, my wife. Uh, so, you know, I was blessed to go over there. That was, that was my destiny to go over there and, and be over there and, uh, Finished my career over there. Um, for the most part, uh, I was treated great, uh, better than any American had ever been treated. Uh, and you know, the, when people love you, you're you're loved, you know. Uh, and I I never had to pay for anything uh and uh so it it was the best uh decision I ever made was going over there man and uh I don't think I would have had a career if I wouldn't have went over there uh because i can I can never get booked here for some reason I don't know why, but uh that was the best. The best decision I ever made in my life, man, was going over there. So I, I thank, uh, EMLL for that, which is now CMLL.
2: Well, Solomon, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you once again.
1: I enjoy doing your podcast, man. And, uh, uh anytime you want to talk or don't have anybody else, just Call me up, man. We'll, we'll uh, tell some more lies.
2: Sounds good. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, where wrestling with
0: The Eric family is legendary. He was kind of a bully. Lance, Lance, Lance by chance, chance for us, Rusted Rusted as a Bon Eric. They were afraid I would go to WWF, so they kind of, on television, it, that I wasn't the real Bon Eric. Find out what Lance talked about in his book. You know how many people that I've worked with that are, are dead, especially with world class. Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams, headbutted the, the co pilot. And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance, Lance by Chance, chance wrestling as a boner. Get your book today at lancebychance.com or on Amazon.